So, dear brothers and sisters, uh, we have come to Palm Sunday, and so we begin Holy Week. And Palm Sunday is such a, a mix of, of emotions. Uh, there's the, the, the triumphant entrance into Jerusalem, and there's hosannas, and there's branches, and there's joy, and there's jubilation, and there's hope, and there's excitement, and there's festival atmosphere. And then very, very quickly we head into this, this gospel of the Lord's betrayal and his passion and his death and his burial. And that's the way it ends. It ends with, with, with the burial. We don't hear about the resurrection at all uh, in today's gospel. So it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. It starts so, so joyful and so beautiful and so hope-filled. And it ends in, in, uh, it ends in death. It ends in, in quite a serious way. Just this morning I received a message from a friend of mine, uh, she did two years here, who has just had a baby. A little black-haired baby uh, with lot, lot, lots of hair. Lots of hair for a newborn. Uh, born at about half seven this morning. Uh, Aoife, for those of you who don't know her, uh, or do know her. Uh, so a little, little, and just a little, little cute bundle, bundle of love, you know. And uh, as I say, tons of hair for a newborn. Uh, and they're so joyful. They're so joyful. They're just over the moon. It's their first. And behind it, behind these experiences of life, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but these are always the most interesting things, I just sent her a little message, and are you okay? Because I know that like, they can be, it can be, it can be difficult, it can be difficult. And she said, yeah, it was, it was tough, it was very, very tough. But thank God there's life at the end. And for me that was just, like, that's the gospel for today. Like, the whole giving birth process don't know much about it. Well, I know the mechanics of it. I've read about it. <laughs> not much. Not in a weird way. Um, but it's, it, can be, it can be difficult. There can be a lot of complications. There can be C, emergency C-sections, and there can be all sorts of stuff. And then there's, you know, there's always the, the fear that everything has gone right for these nine months, and you know I've been careful to, to not drink and not smoke and take enough exercise. No, take very little exercise and rest and not eat, not eat the bad foods and eat the good foods and sleep on my side and whatever else you're supposed to do. Um, you're so, so careful to protect this life. And then still in the last minutes of, of a delivery, all sorts of things can go wrong. I don't know how you do it. I don't know. It, the thought of it terrifies me. If I was a husband, my goodness, I would be, ter- I'd be useless. I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified. Because there's nothing you can do. There's just nothing you can do. Do you know, you're, just, you're at the mercy of, of the medical staff and who knows? Who knows how it'll go? You just don't know. You just don't know. But just what she said at the end, you know, after all of whatever she went through, after all of that, I'm just so delighted that little Joshua's here. A little life. You know? And that is like in a way, a kind of a, a summary of what we're going through uh, in, in today's gospel, you know. There's something joyful. It's kind of the other way around. If you, well, if you include the whole story, there's something joyful about the, the, the day of your wedding and all of that sort of thing and all the celebration of marriage and, and, and all of that. And there's hosannas and feasts and meals and it's great. Uh, and then there can be moments of of worry and concern and difficulty and fear. But at the end, there's life. And so it is with, with, our, with our faith. There are moments of great joy in baptism and 
confirmation and first holy communion. Uh, and then there can be moments of of difficulty where we need we need to start again. We need confession. We need the anointing. Uh, then the, the, maybe joys again in our vocations, uh, ordination to religious life or or marriage. And then other occasions where where we're so so reliant on God's grace. But at the end of it, there's life. At the end of it, there is life. And ultimately, our goal is life eternal, heaven. St. Faustina writes in her diary uh, words that, very poignant words, which Jesus revealed to her. And he said, there's more hour, sorry, there's more merit in one hour of meditation on my sorrowful passion than there is to a whole year of flagellating oneself, so scourging oneself, that draws blood. The contemplation of my painful wounds is of great profit to you, and it brings me great joy. So the, it's a bit maybe uncomfortable in our politically correct minds to contemplate the passion of Jesus, the suffering of Jesus, scourging and nailing and all those kind of things. I mean, these, these, aren't, these aren't pleasant things to think about, but what, what, what gives them sense what gives them value is the fact that all of these things were done out of love for you. Out of love for you. We had a retreat here yesterday and uh, I, I made that point that, uh, that all this is done, all the whole passion, everything that the Lord had prepared from the Old Testament that's fulfilled now uh, in, this, in this week, all of that was done for you, and generally I try to, every, when, I, when I say that, I try to lock eyes with people every now and again. It makes them feel a little uncomfortable, but it also, I think it means, you know, you know, the message is also for them. So I looked at her, and then I said, at the end, anyway, I said, any, any questions or any, any perplexities? And she just raised her hand, and she said, she said, Father, what did I ever do that warranted the crucifixion? Like, what sins did I commit? Like, I understand that maybe Jesus needs to die on the cross because there are really, really bad people out there who've done really, really bad things. Uh, but what did I ever do that, that, that warrants all of this? So like the, just the, the Lord knowing this is going to happen, the Lord being betrayed and spat on and beaten and scourged and insulted and then a, a criminal freed in his place and then mocked with a, a scarlet cloak and a crown of thorns, made to carry his own cross, nailed to it, jeered at, everyone leaves him, abandoned. Just all of that. What on earth did I do that warrants that? And very briefly, I answered, I just, I was, I thought, that's actually, it's a very good question, because for most of us, most of us, thank God, haven't committed these whoppers of sins, like, you know, most of us haven't murdered anyone, as far as I know. Uh, most of us, you know, as regards regular mass attendance, at least here in the chapel, I'm sure you're regular mass attenders. So, like, there's a lot of things we get right. So, do we need this? Do we need the cross? Do we need the passion of the Lord? Now, that could be a very, very long answer, but I'll give you the short version. The short version is two things. Our life, the way we're called to live our life, isn't just... Don't do bad things. So the, or the rule of our life isn't just don't kill, don't commit adultery, 
be good to your parents, honor, you know, put God in the first place, and so on. That's, it's not enough to say that we're called to live our lives according to the Ten Commandments. That it's a good start, and please do. But that's not enough, because it's like, what makes a good marriage, right? What makes a good marriage? Um, I'm a good husband because I've never tried to kill my wife. I'm a good husband because I've never committed adultery. I'm a good husband because... Any of those, any of those kind of things. The bar, the bar is a bit low. The bar is a bit low to say, I'm a good husband because I've never tried to kill my wife. Surely, we should be aiming to do the positive things, right? I'm a good husband because I love my wife. I'm a good husband because I care for my wife. I'm a good husband because I look out for her needs. I'm a good husband because I take care of her and renounce myself in favor of her. See how different it is to say that as opposed to, I'm a good husband because I haven't tried to kill her and I haven't committed adultery. Similarly, our life with the Lord, it's not enough to say, I haven't committed bad things. We're asked by the Lord, right? We were commanded by the Lord to love others more than ourselves, to serve others, to become love, not just not to kill, but to become love, to be transformed into love, to love those around us. And when I've done that, then I'm ready for heaven. Then I'm like, I've become like God. Not just avoiding sin, but becoming love, loving. Love one another as I have loved you. This is our commandment. So, all of this is absolutely warranted. All of this is absolutely needed because I fall short. I fall short of that. And I need the Lord's forgiveness. I need the Lord's healing. I need the Lord's grace. All grace comes from this. Every grace that you've ever asked for. From passing an exam to having a child to finding your partner to whatever. Every grace you've ever asked for came from this. So yes, we absolutely need this. Absolutely, all of us. So dear brothers and sisters, as we head now into this Holy Week, as we think of the Lord's passion, we think that all of this was done for you. For you. For you individually. For you as a unique, wonderful and beautiful soul that need God, needs God's grace. All of this was done for you. For you. So may we live this Holy Week aware of the Father's gaze resting on us. Aware of, of his desire to draw us to him. Aware of his infinite love for each one of us. So much so that he's willing to give his son so that we can be with him for all eternity in heaven. Amen.